Hey everybody, welcome to Sex and Other Human Activities. My name is Sarah Benincasa. My name is Marcus Parks. And we're just hanging out here at the Creek and the Cave, a wonderful multi-level comedy club and restaurant right here in Long Island City, New York. It's at creeklic.com. You can hang out. You can also, if you so desire, donate to our Kickstarter to uh, build a, a, a newer better comedy theater here at a place that has shows that are 99% of the time free seven days a week. Yes, yes. It's a pretty rocking place. And um, also, I want to let you all know right at the top of the show here that our sponsor is Sexcusez-moi, which is S-E-X-C-U-S-E-moi.com. And if you purchase the Mia Personal Massager... I'd say discreet, stylish personal massager. You can receive a free I'm a slave for skin wristlet from Bags by Mags. It's a conversation piece. I just got mine. <laughs> I just got mine in the mail today. Um, it is created from highly stylized lifestyles condom wrappers. So it's a wrist bag. Um, I am going to use it for makeup. Ooh. And so my new makeup bag is made of condoms, which I'll be taking on the road when I go on tour shortly. And um, it's pretty neat. So you buy the, the Mia which is a personal massager for your vagina, your asshole, or your face hole. And you also get this wristlet that's made out of uh, out of condoms. Each bag contains free condoms. And Sexcusez-moi donates a portion of the proceeds from the sale of the bags to Answer, which is part of Rutgers University, supporting honest, balanced sex education for young people and the adults in their lives. Together, we will make a difference one bag at a time. So get on there, and you can go to – I have the, uh, the special – the ooper duper special URL. Go to sexcusemois.com slash Sarah Bag. Sexcusemois.com slash Sarah Bag. And also, when you check out, um, you can enter the code Sarah, S A R A, for 20% off. So remember, sexcusemois slash Sarah Bag. And thank you so muchly much. Yay. So, Marcus, how are you doing? Uh, I'm fucking awesome. How about you? I'm doing all right, man. Doing it, getting, getting her done. <laughs> so that's where you are on uh, on this wonderful Super Bowl Sunday. That's where I am. Yeah, we're recording on Super Bowl Sunday, and um, I really don't give a shit about the Super Bowl. Not because I'm a hipster, just because I don't care. I mean, I am a hipster, but I just don't like really care. Yeah. Um. Oh, you have the U plus me equals awesome sign up. Yeah. Yay. I gave Marcus um a very fun thing that is basically. An old is it? It's not a dictionary. It's no, like an old novel. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I read it's uh, I read a uh, an excerpt from it on the air. Oh yeah. yeah. Why did I forget that? Did uh, did I did was that happen on our show? Yeah, it's called the Cloister and the Hall. Oh right. Yeah. And then somebody, an artist, printed over at U plus me equals awesome, which is so true. We do equal awesome. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's also good for someone to see who's sitting in this chair because if they're if they're feeling like waning confidence. Um, during their podcasting, perhaps one of the podcasts on CaveComedyRadio.com even, they can look up and it says, you plus me equals awesome. And that's all they need to know. I really need to know here at our, our cave, we do have a little cave here that Marcus built a recording studio here at, at uh, CreekLIC.com. There, the wall now is covered in metal hooks, which are hung on nails. Uh, why? <laughs> <laughs> Those are my uh, cord hooks. Okay. Oh, I see you. Oh, yeah. yeah. He just put his headphones.
arms up there. And they look like meat hooks. Yes, I know. Yeah, it looks like you could murder, like you could kill Henry Sabrowski and hang him on one of those <laughs> upside down to drain out the blood and then feast upon his entrails. Those would never hold Henry. Oh, Henry's so great. He's in Los Angeles and I'm looking forward to seeing him soon. I'm uh, going on tour, everybody, and I would really love to see you. I'm going to be in nine cities. I'm going to be in Clinton, New Jersey, Los Angeles, California, Boston, Massachusetts, Asheville, North Carolina, Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Brooklyn, New York, and uh, and Manhattan, which would be New York, New York. And I would really – oh, wait, and I, I forgot. I'm also going to Portland, Oregon, Denver, Colorado, uh, Houston, Texas, and Austin, Texas. And that's all in February and March. So go to sarahbenincasa.com slash shows. You can see me. My book, Agora Fabulous, is out Valentine's Day. Holy shit. Fuck, it's almost here, man. It's almost here. I can't believe it. This is fucking nuts. Uh, it's no big deal. Just something I've worked toward my entire life. Nah. Just happening in a week. Whatever. Fuck <laughs> it. I don't care. I'm cool with it. Yeah, man. Uh, you are cool with it. I'm totally cool, bro. But yeah, guys, uh, listen, it would be super awesome if you could pre-order the book. I know some of you have. Uh, if you are a new listener or if you just are somebody who is a dedicated listener who uh, would like for this podcast to go on, one great way to make that happen is to give me some fucking money. And you can do that by ordering a book. Um, order it on Amazon or Barnes & Noble but or IndieBound. Like, you know, you could do it at a local indie store too. But um, the more pre-orders I get, the better I look to the company, the more money they invest in marketing the book. Therefore, the more books I go on to sell. It's a whole fucking snowball effect. So your pre-orders really, really matter. And um, you can go to sarahbenincasa.com slash the book. That's sarahbenincasa.com slash the book to check it out. Oh, wow. So, so much promotional stuff, man. What are we going to talk about now? I was hoping you had an idea. Um, <laughs> well, I am having kind of a tough time, not overall, but at the moment in one aspect of my life because I'm, you know, sort of – I have this relationship that I've had for a really long time that has at times been – brotherly sisterly it has been mentor it has been sexual it has been romantic it has been friendly it has been all different things over the past several years and i'm sort of figuring out now um you know how to truly bring it into a place of platonic friendship and it's quite difficult you know i don't know if it's actually possible so it's um it's a bit of a stressful task because you end up having to set boundaries and sometimes boundaries can be painful for you or they can be painful for the other person too. Yeah, without a doubt, man. That's a that's a sticky thing or that's a sticky transition to try to make. It really is. It's quite a task. But it's like if uh, – I think that if you don't – sometimes if, if you don't take so, – uh, put away childish things, so to speak. And of course, I, I haven't literally known this person since I was a child. But if you don't kind of find a way to, to find a, a home – for a particular love that you've experienced that maybe can't move forward at the moment. Um, if you don't find a place to put it, you're just stuck with it and it weighs you down like like a bunch of rocks. Oh, without a doubt. And it prevents you from really moving forward. I feel like in some ways in this relationship, I am like this person's security blanket and this person is like my security blanket. And it you know, has not been sexual for a while, but it still has that security blanket feeling. And while that's comforting, it can also be suffocating for both parties. Yeah, whenever you're involved in something like this, uh, and it's it's nice because you can, 
I don't know. You always have an excuse if you're trying to get into something new or if you want to actually start something meaningful with someone, which is fucking terrifying. I'm kind of going through that myself right now. Like really giving yourself over to somebody uh, completely requires you to let go of so much shit in your past. Mm -hmm. Like so, so much. Uh, and it's hard and it is so fucking terrifying. (laughs) It is so scary to do, Uh, but you have to do it eventually. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be ready for something new, and and that's the hard thing is it's a leap of faith because when you don't have something new right on the horizon, um, you're just right in front of your face. It's like you have to release these bonds that you've been in in the past on faith that something else will happen in the future. And for someone like me who's insecure about some things and who is very used to having the affirmation of a relationship, mm-hmm. it is really hard to to say like, hey, I'm just going to try and be me now, not not me in relationship to you. Because it's not even – sometimes it's not even the actual bonds or like the actual physical aspect. Like I said, you know, it hasn't been a sexual relationship for a while. It's the emotional aspect and it's like the work you do inside your head. If you still think of yourself as being tied to person A, then – you know, you you don't really have and you keep hoping that'll work out in some way, shape or form or trying to find a place for it in your life. Like you're not going to be able to be open to person B or or just to a person. You're always going to yeah. think of them as person B because you've still got person A. So you're always going to experience a new love or new relationships in, you know, in comparison. And and yet it is comforting to have that there, especially when you genuinely love the person as I do. Um you it's a safety net and but it's a safety net that prevents you from doing what you need to do i think even and it's it's not like i'm talking about the other person being oppressive or something like that it's, it's simply by nature of the relationship it, the the nature of the relationship i think can keep you from moving forward it seems like it's kind of a i guess a symbiotic thing mm-hmm. where both of you guys are you know, you're you're both benefiting from this, but you're also both hurting from this. And I think that I see the – I think I see the downsides more than the other person does. But I yeah. think they're really there for the other person too. Yeah. I think he just doesn't, you know, doesn't see them. I think it's going to become apparent over time. Like, you know, I wonder if as we make a necessary kind of separation for, for various reasons – if he won't come to see it as something that was actually necessary in his life. Because mm-hmm. we're both going through a lot of changes and, you know, it's it's a crazy time. I mean, having a having a book coming out makes you like – well, having a book that's all about your life. And not, it's not like I don't share a ton on this show about my life. So, And I have before when I was at SiriusXM. And so it's not like I'm, a, I'm a, somebody who's particularly private. But um, – it's a different audience. Like knowing that there's going to be this book, Agora Fabulous, out in the world, it's going to reach a different audience. Like we're getting supposedly, fingers crossed, Lord willing, and the crick don't rise, we are going to have a review in People Magazine this week, which is just crazy because that's they've that's like, you know, it's everywhere. Yeah. People Magazine. I mean, that's that's a supermarket crowd, right? That's there. a supermarket crowd. It's all over the place. That you know, that takes like I think that's a doctor's mind. office crowd. Oh, that is some serious dentist's office action, <laughs> and it takes these stories that I tell on this show to an audience of you know several thousand very cool fucking people to 
a much it offers it up at least to a much wider audience, mm. and that is very exciting. And it's something I've worked for for a really long time, but it's also scary. And during this time, like I, I although I need and love my friends, I also I have to be, I have to be like independent in a way. I have to be able to rely on myself and to not feel like I need my security blanket. I think that's the next step for you. Because I mean, I, I mean, we were talking about this the other day, and and you've I've seen you like grow and change so much just over the course of like us doing this show, just so much. And I think that's the next step for you is uh, in is as far as your actual like mental health goes and your your development and emotional development and all that. Next thing you need to learn is independence. Just hanging out with Sarah. Just mm-hmm. just you being you. Just hey, hey guys, I'm Sarah. Hey go hi. <laughs> well, today, I mean, I had a chance to hang out with this this person um, for longer, and I was just like, no, I'm going to, um, you know, usually we just spend in, you know, we would just hang out and not have a particular end time for hanging out. It would end eventually. But, but this time I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go record the podcast with Marcus at 2.45, and it was like 1. So I was like, so let's have brunch, and then I'll see you later. And that was like, that was like revolutionary to yeah. me, to, to set a boundary, a time boundary, a time limit on, you know, on hanging out. Um, and this can happen in friendships as well as in relationships that were previously sexual. Like, have you ever had a friendship that just became... I don't know. It went from being symbiotic, like the clownfish and the sea anemone, to being sort of having moments of of being mutually parasitic uh i wouldn't say moments of being mutually parasitic but definitely moments of stagnation where mm-hmm. you're prevent you're not necessarily hurting each other but you're also preventing each other from growing yeah i've been in that without a doubt where you're just kind of in stasis together yeah. you're you're in stasis and you aren't cuz whenever like i th- i think that like a, a, if you're in a relationship with someone they should both yeah, that symbolic thing. You should both make each other better. Mm-hmm. Like you should both be pushing each other to greater things and inspiring each other and being in a, the type of relationship that just makes you a, a better person overall. Uh, and sometimes you hit a point in a relationship where sometimes in relationships you bring out the worst in each other, mm-hmm. and sometimes in relationships you bring out the best, and sometimes. You don't bring out anything at all. You're just good roommates. Yeah. You know, like that's at some point, that's what it is. It's like you you just turn into it like a, a good hang. And that's fine. You know, that's great to, to have friends like that. You should, you know, that's just, that's the, that's a friend. But you also need uh, an emotional connection. Like people need that in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you get stuck uh, in the stagnant waters over there, then yeah, you're not going to be able to get that. Yeah, and sometimes the stagnant waters are so warm and comforting. They really are, mm. but they always kind of smell bad, don't they? They always smell kind of funky, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a little bit like, this is fine, but... Like, there's something a little weird. Something a little off. Well, I felt so b- bad today. I just felt I felt sad today about having set this boundary with this person and just been... Because he wasn't pleased. He wasn't expecting it. And, uh, you know, he wasn't nasty about it or, or combative. It just kind of – he was disappointed and I hate disappointing people. That's probably my number one like least favorite thing is making someone sad or disappointing them. And so um, I went back to my ha- my apartment and I have been planning for a time to to decorate my mattress <laughs> because my mattress is – and I'm going to just try and pull up some uh, – 
some emails that we have here, but my mattress is uh, gross. It's gross looking because it has, I mean, I've had it for mm, two and a half years. I love it. It is so comfortable. It is the best. It is so, so great. It is a pillow top. It is from Sleepy's. Big fan. And, um, but it's had a lot of wine spilled on it over the years. <laughs> like when I first had got it, I had just gotten out of this two and a half year relationship that was was stifling. And um, I remember that one. Yeah. And so thank God. And so I got out of it and I had this new bed and it was very exciting and all this stuff. And like um, <laughs> uh, I had a lot of brunches. I had a lot of people over. And we would just sit on my bed because it was a studio apartment. So we would end up sitting on my bed and just kind of like hanging out. And, uh, you know, some things would happen and people would get drunk and they would pour wine on my bed. And I'd always be like, it's cool. Whatever. Woo. And, uh, yeah, so that didn't work out so well. <laughs> so I decided to paint my mattress. Well, oh, oh, go right ahead. No, I'd, I'd paint your mattress. Well, because it has stains on it, and I'm, I know I'm going to move at some point, and I'm embarrassed by the thought of the moving guy seeing it because last time they moved it, and I felt embarrassed. So I was like, I need to paint my mattress so that it covers over these, like, fucking wine stains and, like, soup stains and disgusting stuff. <laughs> I didn't even know you could paint. Like, I don't know why, but this just sounds like a bad idea. Oh, I'm sure it's a terrible yeah, idea. Yeah, this sounds I mean, like a really I, bad I, idea. I did it, but I'm sure it was a terrible <laughs> idea. Um, I, so I went home and I was, I was like, ugh, and I've been meaning to paint my mattress. So I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna paint my mattress. So I didn't have any paint brushes and I was like, well, I'm going to finger paint my mattress because <laughs> art therapy is very healing. So I went all Jackson Pollock on that shit and I had a bunch of fabric paint, which is permanent. Mm. And, uh, I just said to myself, let's do this thing. And so I, I just sort of finger painted like, um, half of my mattress, just the top of it, the pillow top, half of it red, the other half blue, and then I also had purple, which I sprinkled all around and just smeared around with my fingers. So it really looks like a mentally disabled person decided to do some art therapy, <laughs> which is essentially what happened exactly. There, that's not like that's. It, it looks like what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's pretty fantastic. I was thinking that once it dries, I might take a picture of it and put it up on Facebook.com slash sex and other human activities so that people can really see it. I think people are curious. I know I'm sure as fuck curious. <sighs> well, it's very interesting looking. Yeah. See, whenever I got that text from you earlier, like, um, I'm going to Dwayne Reed to buy paintbrushes to paint my mattress. I seriously thought I was like, well, she confused mattress and like bed frame. Nope. Or <laughs> Meant the mattress. Don't have a bed frame. Meant the the mattress, painted the mattress. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to like bleed onto my sheets. Mm -hmm. Might at some point, depending. I mean, this is permanent fabric paint. So I used the right kind of paint. It's not like going to wash off. So yeah. that's good. But um, yeah, painted my fucking mattress and got into some art therapy. Just was like, I can't. All these feelings, all these feelings, regret, happiness, love. Sadness, anger, jealousy, resentment, joy. Not really joy. But all these different feelings I've experienced. Well, yeah, joy. I've experienced with this person over time. Just all welling up inside as I attempt to move forward in my life and he attempts to move forward in his. I'm going to paint my mattress. I think you'd made the right decision. 
I did. I mean, it's better than like cutting or something. I make clay demons. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I make that. That's my art therapy. I make little uh, clay figurines and they're mostly like uh, demons and things like that, but they're all kind of goofy, happy demons. Oh. And there's, I've got two sides. There's like, there's the evil, there's the good, and then there's the neutral. You're kind of a goofy, happy demon. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that's, that's actually a pretty good, yeah, that's a pretty good description to tell you yeah, the truth. Like Holy shit. Yeah. Like a goofy, happy, largely benevolent demon. Largely benevolent. Yeah. Not yeah. entirely. No. But like, you know, no who one is. is? Yeah. Nobody's completely benevolent. <sighs> well, Marcus, as my friend, I should ask you, do you think I'm moving in the right direction? Absolutely. Okay. I think oh, so yeah. too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. You're, you're doing... You're doing great, dear. And then I had to take a shit, <laughs> and it was one of <laughs> I love that you hit your head on the chimes. I had to take a shit. Oh. Wait, yeah, can we use that as background for this story? Yes, of course. So I had to take a shit, and it was a relief, but it was painful. And I said, this is a metaphor. This is a metaphor for what I'm dealing with and trying to figure out how this relationship with somebody I love can be uh, something healthy for both of us rather than something draining. Oh. <laughs> oh. You know, I was just looking to see if we have any letters, and I feel like we did have one that I just can't fucking find, and I feel like a monkey. Oh, wait. Oh, here's one. Here's one. Um, so in our last episode, we talked about how we fucked this one time, uh-huh. and Jen, <laughs> Jen wrote to us, Dear lovebirds, your speech scared me. I thought it was a we are getting divorced talk. Happy anniversary, Jen. Because the way that it was presented <laughs> was, you know, that mommy and daddy have something very important to tell you. And so it did sound like there was going to be a divorce. But there wasn't. It was actually – we were just like we had sex this one time. Mm-hmm. And that's the story we told. And uh, we've also got another uh, – an email that was similar. Uh, this is uh, from Patch. He says – this is to you. Are you and Marcus going to get a divorce? What did I do wrong? Who do I get to live with? Does this mean I get two birthdays and two Christmases? Oh, I think he must have sent that while he was listening to it. I think so, yeah. He said, uh, I kind of figured you two would fo- at least fold around at some point. You two just seem too into sex and too sex positive to not have at least see how your parts fit together. Don't worry. I won't judge you for it. I still love you guys. Thanks, because we were worried. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Patch. Well, here's something from Courtney. I, I don't think that um, – Courtney from Australia. I don't know that I read this one on our last recording. Uh, But if I did, please forgive me. I'm just a little bit out of it, just making major life changes. No bigs. Um, Tell me if this sounds familiar. Hi, Sarah and Marcus. I just came across your podcast and have been catching up on all the past episodes. I want to thank both of you for being so honest about your mental illness. We get a lot of ones like this, so it's which yeah. is nice. <laughs> keep keep going. It, it's. Yeah. I was diagnosed with depression, generalized anxiety disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder, and your podcast has really helped me deal with it and accept it. Episode nineteen was particularly helpful. Yeah. And I really identified with Marcus's breakdown in college. Yep, yep. We, oh, we've yeah. done this yeah. one. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> I'm so out of it. It's okay, darling. It's quite all right. Here's oh, here's one from a gal who. Um, wrote something oh yeah she's really into sex and other human activities let's let's come up with a name for her okay uh she's really let's call her princess sharon sharon let's call her sharon princess sharon princess sharon writes 
Um, Dear Sarah, I discovered your stand-up videos in the middle of an emotional breakdown that ultimately led to me leaving school early, dropping a bunch of credits, and taking medical leave for a semester. Your frank, funny, and incredibly honest descriptions of your own mental health issues during college made me feel like there was at least one person who knew what it was like to totally lose your shit and not want to do anything and be terrified by the whole world. I was there before my mom had to come and help me speedily pack my room while I cried and attempted to be positive for the well-meaning but overwhelming visits of friends coming to wish me well and say their hopefully temporary goodbyes. Even on some of the darkest days, I knew that you could make me laugh. I write this now because I have recently, as in within the last week, become addicted to your sex and other human activities podcast. I've listened to so many episodes, to too many episodes, but it's so good. It makes me laugh and think and feel affirmed in my stance as a young but mighty sex-positive lady. Woo empowerment! I'm fairly vocal about my, quote, radical view that sex is awesome and okay for ladies to talk about, too. But I'm sometimes daunted by the fact that most of my underclassmen friends are still getting over the slut-shaming ways of high school. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And are unsure of just girls in college. Yeah, pretty much girls in college. Are just, yeah, that's just can, constant. Can yeah, just yeah. be cunty too. Yeah. <laughs> and are unsure of how to deal with a nice-looking and acting girl who is also a firm believer in the fact that people can sleep with whoever they want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. Yada yada yada. Fidelity and honesty and such, and shouldn't be judged for their activity. This is where Princess Sharon gets awesome. I mean, she's awesome already. Like I'm very touched by the words that she said. But check this out. I'm a Bible study leader. Whoa! I know! <laughs> Who also talks about missing her boyfriend's wonderful penis. The horror! The point of this rant is that, one, I love how awesomely open the podcast is. Two, I connect with it as a young woman, college sophomore, who is passionate but still learning about sex and my crazy brain and my developing self. And three, I hope to someday be half as hilarious as you and Marcus are. Seriously, you are the best. I started off writing this as a Facebook post as I just liked you after going on a three-episode binge this evening. But then I got really long with because I realized the things I wanted to say about and to you were far more numerous than I had originally thought. Also, I'm prone to (laughs) (laughs) over-talking. I mean, so am I. Mostly, I just wanted to say that you are really great. I'm home right now for a semester, living with my parents and seeing a bunch of therapists and taking lots of meds, trying to get my shit together. Things are looking brighter, but I've got a long road ahead of me, so thank you for showing me that mental illness is not a death sentence and that I may come out of this dark place as a wiser person who is more capable of dealing with life. Oh, I think you definitely will. Yeah. And just as importantly, thank you for giving me so much to laugh about. I look forward to reading, listening, viewing so much more of your material in future because I just think you're the bee's knees and I don't care who knows it. Except I also care a little bit because I hope you don't think I'm some sort of crazy fangirl stalker. (laughs) (laughs) And then she talks about how... I can just see this girl just talking so fast and just saying all this stuff. It's like... "Uh This is so funny. And she goes... um, I live super far away from New York. She's really sweet. She's like trying to reassure me, which I totally, I, I completely understand because I will yeah. geek out. Like I will, I will fan these days. Like you can be a fan of somebody who's not a recognizable on the street famous person. You can be a fan of somebody who's just got some podcasts that you listen to that you really dig. Yeah. You know? And so it's so, so it's like. We live in a niche society. We do. It's great. I fucking love it's it. It's pretty fun. Yeah. So then it's like, oh no, am I weirding this person out? Cause I know that this person is famous to me, but is also just a real normal person. Mm-hmm. So it's like, whereas if you were writing a fan letter to Tom Cruise, who cares? He's used to everything. But if you're telling someone who records a podcast, like, I don't know. I just, I see this a lot. I, I And I experience this a lot too. I want to like fan out over people who mm-hmm. I know through the internet, they're bloggers or something. But I'm also like, oh, they'll think this is weird. I don't know. I just yeah. babbled a lot. Guess who also over talks? <laughs> um, <laughs> And she says that she's never seen me live and she hasn't done weird things like try to figure out who my friends or significant others are, except for one time. 
<laughs> but that was because you read what an ex said about you in his blog, and I Googled a line from the post as I thought I had read it before. So I know who one of your exes is now, but I promise to never try to find either of you to break into your respective apartments or to send you roses or bombs or other weird things through the mail. <laughs> Just so you're not worried about that. Oh, that's so funny. No, I'm totally not worried about that. Sweet girl. And I've done shit like that to Princess Sharon. Like, I've totally done the weird thing where I'm like, oh, let me figure out who this person is talking about. Yeah, have you done that too? Oh, uh, I've well, I'm like Facebook. I sometimes I've been like, hmm. Well, especially when I've Google like, okay, when I have started to date somebody mm-hmm. and like say I know about their ex, I have Googled somebody's ex before. And I've never done that. Well, that's good because it's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I, I just don't. I'm not I saying just, it's a good move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, I just don't really give a shit. And I don't really want to know either. Have you ever fallen into the hole of Facebook stalking? See, I don't really do much Facebook stalking. Oh, you're just a good person. <laughs> Guess who's like, well-adjusted? Mr. Oh, Marcus Potts uh, over here. Okay, I, okay, what I will do sometimes on uh, Facebook is that I will sometimes like check out – because I'm friends with a lot of girls I used to date. Yes. And so like I'll, I'll go and check. I was like, what are she's looking these days? And you know what? Most of them held up pretty well. Very nice. But well, your your sperm has a well-known <laughs> preservative effect, which is that my my vagina is in the exact same shape it was uh, when I was a lass of thirty. Yeah. Because that's when I had sex with you. Yeah. And that's it's it's a preservative. It's it's not a Marcus's dick shoots formaldehyde. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And <laughs> if you've been near it, uh, in any way. You know, in an intimate fashion, you are never going to die. Never. It's kind of like cocoon. Also, <laughs> it's it's scary. I'm not saying it's a pleasant thing. It's yeah. terrifying. It's a very terrifying. I have a terrifying penis. It's a terrifying penis. Yeah. It talks. <laughs> <laughs> I wish your dick talked. Hey. It would have such tails. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'm what? sorry. Is what? that Marcus's dick? Hey, what's up? Oh, hey, Marcus's dick. How you doing? <laughs> oh, hey, I'm back. Oh my god. Your dick was just here. Was he? Yes. Oh, I passed out. He sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> he sounds weirdly like a Disney character. Oh, boy. Oh, no! <laughs> Your poor girlfriend. Oh. She just wanted to meet a nice, cute boy, and then instead she had to deal with... Oh, oh, Yep, she has to now she has to deal with happy demon penis. Oh my god, happy demon. You know what? That is is it your dick that actually makes the clay demons? <laughs> your little like clay demon things like that you my, make? Yeah, my little uh, my dick actually can grow arms and hands. That's awesome. Yeah. My favorite part of Bruno is when they do that incredibly over the top um TV show pitch and his he his actual like his his dick hole talks. They <laughs> animate his dick hole. And it's just life-changing to see. I get a It really is amazing. Well, you know what? Let's let's let everybody know that you can email us at sarah at sarahbenincasa.com. Again, that's S-A-R-A at S-A-R-A-B-E-N-I-N-C-A-S-A dot com. Sarah at sarahbenincasa.com. With all your questions, comments, concerns, et cetera, because that's really what, like – you know, we, we love that. It's fun. I mean, of course, we love – thank you, Princess Sharon, for writing to us. We love the kind of stuff that we get when you guys write us complimentary stuff. That's awesome. And we certainly don't want you to write anything mad or mean or no, evil. No. But we we do like your questions. Yes. That's fun. Um, Marcus, can you ring the, the chimes again? Let's talk about a human activity. 
Because we've talked about sex. Yes, we have. Feelings, emotions, and the such. Indeed. Gosh, I mean, what's a human activity? Um, I could talk about – I think I've talked about how to get a book deal before. Yes. Yeah. Um, we can talk about – gosh, because I'm just all book stuff. So if you have something other than book stuff. But I could do like book promotion or something like that. Oh, you know what? I could do something about being – I'm not self-published, but I have a friend who is, and she's Ooh. made millions of dollars that way. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, how to become a self-publishing superstar. So my friend Amanda Hawking is um, this amazing person. She's only – I think Amanda's like 27 now. She is from – still lives in Austin, Minnesota. And she um, graduated high school and went, went to co- community college for a little bit, then dropped out. And had to work because she was just – she really, you know, had to work full time to support herself and her life. And she – it was really exhausting trying to work full time and go to community college part time. So she started working. She worked as a dishwasher and she worked in different places. And she worked as like a helper assistant for adults with developmental disabilities, which my brother does. And he's like super awesome at it. Mm -hmm. Um, So she did that for a while. And – during that time, she always wanted to be an author. So starting when she was 17, she had been like sending away, writing novels, sending them away, trying to get an agent, trying to get an agent, trying to get an agent. I mean, getting rejected, I may be underestimating, but I would say getting rejected at least 30 times. Wow. And it may have been more than that. Never gave up. Always tried and tried and tried. At first, she would write like, try and be like super deep. Mm-hmm. And then her friends were like, look, you're you're like you like vampires and stories and you like romance and why don't yeah, you just you like you fucking, like bullshit yeah. yeah like stop trying to be kurt vonnegut and just start because that's who like, one of her heroes is of and just start write write some of the shit that you read that's fluffy and fun she started doing that and couldn't get a publisher so in 2010 she started just selling them herself because you can self-publish online i think um i think she did it through amazon you know you can just publish your own ebooks right mm-hmm. this chick between Spring of 2010 and spring of 2011 made $2 million. God damn. Sold, yes, made $2 million on these books. Two million bucks. Bought a house, or excuse me, had a house. I think she had a house built. Um, still lives in her same hometown. Loves it. Doesn't. I was talking to her and she's like, I don't want to leave. I like hanging out here with the, with my friends and yeah. like at the Walmart and shit. Like, I don't need to like move. <laughs> and plus, you know, no. it's she can with that money, I'll tell you, goes a lot farther there than it would in fucking New York goddamn city. Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, New York City for $2 million, um, you're looking at, depending on the neighborhood, like let's say you want in, um, in Manhattan, you've got $2 million, you want to buy a place, $2 million could easily get you a one-bedroom in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're probably looking at more than a studio, but you're looking at a one-bed, um, you know, maybe a two-bed, maybe even a three-bed if you're in a real shitty area, like a real yeah. shitty area. Oh, yeah. Like you're, I mean, $2 million bucks is just like, f- fuck, man. So it's awesome. And then she signed – at that point, finally, all these publishers who had been ignoring her took notice. She signed another $2 million deal to have them bring out some of the books she'd already written to have them bring them out in print. Isn't that crazy? $4 million. Yeah. So she's made $4 million bucks at least over the past like uh, – over the past how many? T- almost two years. Um, and she has these really fun these, – these awesome books – that are about like werewolves and sexy trolls. She has the, <laughs> the, tr- the Trill trilogy is about sexy trolls. Let me see if I can find the different um, the different things that she's. What's, she, her, what's I mean, her name? Real cool. Amanda Hawking. 
So it's H-O-C-K-I-N-G. That is her name. And and it's just like so much fun to read her stuff because you can just get it right on your Kindle. And it's cheap too. Her Because she also, she made this like these millions of bucks by selling stories where she would do like say three novels in a series. Yeah. First one, she'd price it like 99 cents. Second one would be a buck 99. Third one would be like 2.99. So she would kind of get you hooked. And that's that's lesson number one. Holy shit. And she's only 26. Yeah. Lesson number one for becoming a self-publishing superstar is make it cheap and get them hooked. Yeah. Then like any good drug dealer, once you got them hooked, raise the prices. And don't <laughs> never raise them crazy high. She has them at just a, a, the right amount that like you could just all of a sudden go on a shopping spree and be like, oh, it's only 99 cents. I'll buy a million of them or two million. And it's really cool. Um, and Holy she – I'm looking for – and there's one called Hollowland too. Um. And I also have to very much encourage you to read one that has the best name I've ever heard. My Blood Approves. <laughs> it's about vamps. There's a three book series about vamps. And it's all young adult paranormal urban fantasy. That's what it's called. Young, young adult, adult paranormal urban fantasy. Wow. Which means that it's you know geared toward and about teens and sort of like late teens types. It's set in, you know, in kind of city and suburbs. It's not out in like the pastoral countryside and um, haunted shit happens. All right. Here is a part of it. Here is a a description of My Blood Approved. It's really fun. Sexy. 17-year-old Alice Bonham's life feels out of control after (gasps) she meets Jack. With his fondness for pink Chuck Taylors and new wave hits aside, Jack's unlike anyone she's ever met. He's really hot. Then she meets his brother, (gasps) Peter. He's a jerk. His eyes pierce through her, and she can barely breathe when he's around. Even though he can't stand the sight of her, she's drawn to him. But falling for two very different guys isn't even the worst of her problems. Jack and Peter are vampires! (laughs) And Alice finds herself caught between love and her own blood. Yup. <laughs> and it's super fun. And uh, My Blood Approves has been, I believe it's My Blood Approves, has been optioned by the same, by like this big deal Hollywood studio. And the same person who wrote, um, who co-wrote District 9 is, no shit. is adapting it into a feature film Whoa, screenplay. Oh, that is oh, yeah. cool. Oh, Amanda's oh, I like, love District 9. Amanda is owning shit, like up and all over the place. She's just rocking it. So these are some lessons that I have learned from studying her career. Um, one, the first thing is, yeah, get them hooked by pricing it low. Uh-huh. Don't don't overprice yourself. People love that. It, rather than three bucks, two ninety nine. People love that. There's something psychological that happens when it's just it's you know two dot nine nine instead of three. Yeah. So price it low. Put it out there, and write about what uh, thing number two after pricing it low is churn it out because Amanda churns the shit out yeah she has published a ton of stuff i mean granted she had a big backlog because she'd been writing for years and getting all these rejections and she just she kept her stuff and so she decided to publish some of it online but like churn the shit out in the same way that charles dickens used to do he used to do these serialized novels in newspapers and stephen king put out a series i think the green mile was a serialized novel too mm-hmm. so you do little ones you do little more frequent ones and it's Dark just tower yeah oh yeah and people get into it same way people get really into comic books and serializing stuff is great like i was talking to mindy kaling about this once for an interview and she said that she loves serialized stuff like 
obviously she writes and executive produces The Office, but she loved, we were talking about um, like the Sweet Valley High books and I can think of, you know, Nancy Drew, Hardy Boys, all those serialized books, Boxcar Children or whatever. Um, Gosh, what else? Sweet Valley Teens, Babysitter's Club, like there's a certain f- appeal of that where you, of following the characters. So if you can serialize stuff and churn the shit out, that's really awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean I'm hooked on Game of Thrones like a motherfucker. People love it. Dude. Does it have a lot of dirty shit in it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of dirty shit, a lot Raping. of violence. Yeah, a little bit of rape. A lot of, yes, a lot of amputations. A uh, lot of beheadings. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Now, why is it that they have so many beheadings? Because it's good. See, and people love it. People love <laughs> like, it. I just, I just love it. Like I'm, I'm like halfway through the the fifth book, and each book is like twelve, thirteen hundred pages long, and they're all amazing. It's like, fantastic. And I just like fly through it because it's like it's this cool like like medieval times type shit, like fantasy stuff. But it's also if. This fantasy like medieval times world actually existed and how if people acted how they actually act like the animals that they are, Mm -hmm. that's how it would actually be. It sounds cynical. It's extremely cynical. Yeah. 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 Cynical about human behavior. Oh, yeah. Well, there's some good people, but not many. People like, love it. It's yeah, no, and that's it's, it's great. There are some example. there are some heroes in it, but not a whole lot. Serialized fiction, people fucking love it. Yeah, man, so, I eat that shit up. Harry Potter, for fuck's sake. Oh my god, that's that's hitting it, man. I'm trying to sell a second book. It's a young adult novel, but um, I don't I don't know if it has serious potential because it's a a reboot of The Great Gatsby, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, if you recall, Gatsby doesn't really meet a very fine end, no. and nor nor does you know. There are three characters die in the course of that film. Two of them are, are relatively minor, but then, of course, Gatsby being the main guy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm writing um, – trying to sell a YA novel that is an adaptation of Gatsby set in modern times among teenagers. And Gatsby is a girl. Ooh. But Daisy is still a girl. Oh. Yeah, it's a little lesbianic. Mm. There's a little bit of, like, les love there. Ding, ding. Hey. So – all right. Thing number one we learned from Amanda Hawking, and this is your other human activity, is become a best-selling self-publisher. Be a self-publishing superstar. One, price it low. Two, oh, oh and then price it higher later. Yeah. Two, churn the shit out. Um, I would, you know, I'm going to make these separate. Churn the shit out and then three, series. So churning it out, because you could just churn out individual novels, mm. and you'd probably have some success with that, but people love the series. So oh, yeah. do the series. And uh, four, promote the shit out of it, but in a non-obnoxious way. So- Amanda wasn't like, I mean, Amanda, you know, doesn't have a huge Twitter following even now, um, but she just was able to like, you know, kind of promote her stuff well online. And that can just be for your friends, just putting links up on your Facebook and being like, hey, I wrote this story. It's only 99 cents. I'd love it if you, if you, you know, bought in. But Amanda also had a blog and was super responsive to fan feedback. So even when she just had a few fans and they would write her emails or stuff, she could blog about it and respond to them. And that's really important. So be really engaged with your fan base. And uh, let's see, what are we up to? Five now? I think so. Number five would be write about what people want to read about. You may not be the best writer in the world or you may be fucking amazing, but, you know, you could be this great, brilliant PhD in, you know, ancient Roman 
architecture and have written the most marvelous treatises and textbooks. But nobody wants to read that in popular fiction. They want to read about vampires and fucking and werewolves <laughs> and magic and shit. So write about that shit. And violence. Yeah, she researched what people were reading, which was like Twilight and shit like that and some some different YA novels that she really enjoyed. She was like, okay, this is the kind of shit I'm going to write about. This is what people want. I'm going to give it to them. Yeah. So it's pretty fucking brilliant. So yeah, so there's your guide for how to be a self-publishing superstar. Superstar. And that's it for this week's installment of Sex and Other Human Activities. I want to let you know that some of us, some of our shows are going to be running shorter than usual for um, the next the next couple months. And the reason is that I'm going to be on tour and you can come see me, sarahbenengaza.com slash shows. Please come and see me. Please buy the book, pre-order it, Agora Fabulous, Dispatches from My Bedroom. Please, 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 please. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I'll be traveling some, so that'll make it harder for me and Marcus to record. So rather than miss a week, we figured it's better just to do, you know, some of these shorter ones. How long is this one? It's about 45. Oh, well, we did great. The yeah. ne- next one's probably going to be like a half hour. Probably. Just FYI. But anyway, thanks, dudes. Bye, Marcus. Goodbye, Sarah. Bye.